Sandy Clough and Sean Trotar. Weekdays at 2 on Mile High Sports. Well, if you catch Altitude TV, if you have to catch it on Sunday on the You Bet Tonight program that I uh, fill in for Nate Lundy, I hosted with this gentleman, of course, a competent town, a long time covered about everything. So we're delighted to have our friend from Altitude, Todd Romero, Todd Romero TV on Twitter. Join us. Uh, Todd, thank, thanks for joining us here. I guess we'll we'll start with the Avalanche with the win last night and knowing that they get Minnesota tomorrow. They are now in control of their own destiny in their division. The Avs have come close to being able to do this a couple times in the last six weeks or so. <laughs> this time, do you think they get it done and take over first? Well, funny thing is, and uh, hello to you boys, is, you know, you look at it and they've been chasing for so long. You know, everybody thought, you know, with, with all the injuries and everything, that, God, is this team going to have enough to get by, back uh, at the end of the season? Now they, have, they still have a game in hand. They're one point behind. Now they have a chance to, to even it up against them, still have a game in hand, and, and take that point up. So it's going to be an important game for them. I, you know, I still, to this point, they're starting to get pieces and parts back. Uh, you get Darren Helm back. You get, you know, when you have him back, they're the pieces that helped you win you know, the title last year, obviously you're still missing guys that, that had to sign elsewhere because you didn't have money left. But, you know, my question is, and I, and I haven't heard much about it with Gabe, is he going to be back <laughs> this year? I, that is me, the question. It, it, to me, I think, Sandy, you've been around the sport a long time. To ask somebody that's been out all year long, exactly. all of a sudden to come back and expect more than – you know, five or six minutes, and even then, how effective will he be? And you know, he's the guy that's in front of the net. That one of the reasons that team was so good last year—that mucker, that grinder, that's got talent, that's down, that can pick up the garbage—and I think that's the element you miss. I, I want to follow up on that because it's a wonderful observation. And uh, uh, again, you broke the tie because yep. I, I, I said Landeskog of the four still out. Uh, Landeskog, Manson, Lekin, and Franzos, uh, quite logically, Sean said the most important guy to get back is probably the guy they'll get back the quickest of those four, and that's Manson, the way it, yeah. it looks. Yeah. Now, yeah. But I would still say the captain, uh, if for no other reason than inspirational ones, uh, I, I think he's the important guy, at least for the playoffs, it, it, to have him in there. Uh, would be enormously beneficial in in tangible ways, more than tangible ways. But I wanted to follow up because you talked about the role that Landeskog plays and the player right now, who's also missed a lot of games this year, but is now healthy. To me, who's most like Landeskog is Valeri Nashushkin. Yep. He's been on yep. that top line the last three games that they had to have, and they won them all, and... I think, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this, even if and when Landis God comes back, I would leave McKinnon, Rantanen, and Nashushkin together on that top line. Not, not even a question, Sandy, because right now he's developed the chemistry. He was out. I think he's played uh, 43, 44 games and has about 44 points. I mean, he's almost a point a guy. The fact that we even have him is unbelievable. I mean – that, that they were able to acquire him, and, and hopefully they can hold on to him. Because this, this is a big dude that it can skate. He can do everything. And to have him back healthy, I think as much as the players that they missed throughout this year, 
missing Natushkin is was a big part of that because he's he's such an imposing force on the ice. I would not touch that top line for anything. I would leave that line alone. You you got to have that that line that gets things done. Um, that line that's together on the power play. Um, I would I would put Landeskog if he's able to go. You know, and what are you talking? I mean. 12, 14 minutes of ice time, like you said, I think he'd be more valuable in in talking with the guys, being around the guys. Not that he's yes. not now, that he's skating. That this is what we're. This is what to expect for this game. This is kind of where these guys are going to do. So, as this team gets ready for this Minnesota game, obviously, you know they're they're going the right direction. Minnesota is too. I mean, this feels like a heavyweight fight, and it feels like uh, some of the rivalries they've had in the past, but. That rivalry really hasn't been there in recent years. Is this an opportunity to maybe reignite it? Yeah, you know, when I think when I think about the Avalanche rivals, I mean, it does cut. I, but I was at Game 7 when they lost that Game 7 to Minnesota at home. So for me, I sit there and look at it um, as that that is the rival that I, that I recognize, that I identify with. I mean, it... Listen, I interviewed Chris Draper the night that Claude Lemieux rearranged his face on the sideboards, and that was a rivalry, man. I mean, I was I was bummed when Detroit went to the Eastern Conference because that was a rivalry. And Sandy, you know, I was telling Sean the other day in studio, I remember being up at 58th Avenue at the Broncos Complex with you. There's not a lot of us guys that go back that far anymore that have still been around. Um, but... You know, I, that's why I look at as the rival now that the Red Wings are not there. Yeah, I, I, I actually, I, I Dallas maybe a little bit, and a little bit with yeah, Vegas, yeah, and a little that, bit with that Vegas. That was more of a rivalry in the past, but Sean hit on it. I, I think Las Vegas is the rival, and of course, regional. Yeah, there, and there's there's virtually no chance that the Avs in Vegas would play uh, at least early on in the playoffs, but. Uh, you're you're right, and we've been talking about it going back 33 games to that January 12th loss in Chicago that everybody remembers, yep. uh, where they weren't even especially competitive, losing to a team that, at least from an organizational standpoint, is tanking, and losing that game to go to 2017 and three, basically a 500 team, uh, the Avalanche were at that point. And to have gone since 24-6-3, that's as many points as the Boston Bruins have generated over their past 33 games. But right now, this month, around the league, I see the Kings with no regulation losses and the Wild with one. And I'm thinking... Whether you define it as their big rival or not, right at this moment, that's the team you have to get ahead of. And we've seen enough here and there in the past. I I think this is going to be a barn burner tomorrow night. You, you've got a great one-two goalie combination in Minnesota. Both teams need the it. The Avs yeah. have started to yeah. score goals again. First I line. think it's going to be physical because that's the way that physical teams will always play the avalanche. They will lead with, if not their fists, then their shoulders and maybe their high sticks from and time to time. Put, and 
let's not let's not forget the fans here for whatever reason it is. And there's a lot of people from Minnesota that live in Colorado. I mean, it's it's not like it was back in the day, Sandy, when the Red Wings would come to down and there was so much red in the lower well, level. No, nothing will ever again no. be like that. No, that was that was insane. That was almost like the. 2005 Bronco Championship game when the Steelers came and 40 yeah. percent of Mile High was Steeler fans. Right. That was the, that's what it was kind of like with the Red Wings because it was so new in Colorado. But I think this crowd's going to be off the chain. I, I mean, listen, for altitude, we get chance to get employee tickets most seasons until this year. It, and it'll say no staff off or whatever. We haven't had one staff off. I think there's one game for the Avalanche that, we've, that we were able to put in for. And for the Nuggets, there's been like four. So that place has been packed to the gills almost every single night. And now that these games, you're down below 10 games, and all of a sudden Colorado's caught up, I, th- I think for a while people were satisfied. You know, we won the Cup last year. Every team you play against is going to get your best effort. We're not healthy. We've had six or seven guys down. You know, hey, if we can make the playoffs, maybe that's okay. But then all of a sudden now, over this last month, month and a half, you've seen the dialogue completely change. Matter of fact, if you look at the Western Conference odds of who's going to win the Western Conference, I think the Avalanche are favored to do so. They are, and and as Sandy pointed out earlier in the show, really for almost the last third of the season, right? the Avalanche have been step-for-step step with the Bruins, who are about to set records, potentially, for the best regular season. The Avs have been doing it shorthanded. So I guess I look at it, and, and I want to ask you about Jared Bednar, who is so consistent and in, in the way he performs. The guy is unflappable. Seems like it doesn't matter. You win by... You know, you win by five, you lose by five. Someone's hurt, someone's not. He just takes everything in such an even keel. How important is that mindset for a team that is going through what the Avalanche are going through? High expectations, but dealing with injuries, as opposed to a lot of the, let's say, more notable or colorful or animated coaches that also can get the job done. But it seems that Bednar's stability in, in this case is sort of the perfect fit for what the Avs need. Yeah, I, I don't know if, if Sandy will agree with me on this, but I, when I look over the history of coaches in Denver, he's kind of like a calming for. I look at Mike Shanahan during his good year, during the good years here, when he, when he was coached and not trying to do everything. And Bednar, for some reason, I remember when he was hired, people were like, "Okay, here comes a guy from the minors," and you know, what what about them? But he he kind of stepped into that moment. I listen, Gabe Landeskog. The moment you met Gabe Landeskog. You knew he was. There was just something about how he carries himself. This guy is a captain. He he's. This guy's a captain of the hockey. He's the perfect captain for this team, and in many respects, Bednar is a perfect coach for this team because he doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low, but he gets in your he gets in your grill when you need to. He he doesn't get your grill all the time, but he seems to time it perfectly when he does. That's how I view Jared Bednar. You know, we've had a lot of good hockey coaches around here, haven't we? Uh, collegiately Crawford. and professionally, right? Yes. It, it, college ranks professionally. I find Bednar, uh, and I'll, I'll compare apples to apples here. I, I won't bring the college coaches in, but we, we know who we're talking about. Yeah. Um, uh, even down at Colorado College, uh, exceptional uh, coaches, and maybe the latest one is the guy who will get them back to uh, where they were 20 years ago. But just in terms of avalanche coaches here in Denver, we've had Crawford, who won a Stanley Cup. We've had Hartley, who won a Stanley Stanley Cup. Cup. We've had Quenville, 
who won three, just not here. Uh, he won three in Chicago. As an avalanche coach, I'm not sure that Bednar isn't the best of the four. And I say that as uh, someone who maybe didn't know Crawford quite as well, but knew Hartley and Quenville very, very well. I go back 45 years with Joel Quenville when he played for the old Colorado Rockies. I've known Joel forever. And Bednar brings a certain firmness and yet calmness to the proceedings that I think is unmatched among avalanche coaches and, frankly, uh, contemporary coaches uh, of major professional sports teams here in the 21st century. I, I, I don't know that there's anybody quite like him temperamentally. Uh, I, 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 and I love the fact that, especially in a year like this one, he's never panicked. Uh, and the thing that impresses me, too, is a month ago he was saying, you know, uh, we'll, we'll just be happy to get into the playoffs. Yet very gradually – and especially lately, he's been able to challenge his team and even remind us all the other day that they had a shot in Dallas a few weeks ago to go into first place. They got blown out. Um, I said yesterday, Los Angeles. I meant Pittsburgh from last week. They had a chance to go into first place. Uh, they got blown out by the Penguins. And now this is their third chance. And he's, I think, sort of uh, reversed his position now to where he's putting an emphasis on finishing first and his messages usually get through to the players don't they if they do and you know and i don't know if it's the fact listen you're still dealing with guys in their mid-20s you know the, the core of this avalanche team now is getting older and i think the question with bednar was after the first couple of years can he get them over the hump? Is he just the coach to get you there, or is he a coach that can actually get you over the hump? And I, I just always had a feeling with him that there's another a gear for him as far as coaching is concerned. I mean, he's, he's 51 years old. You know, he's not a 60-year-old hockey coach. I think he relates well. And I think Sandy and Sean, most importantly now, is, is coaches have to be in tune with the athletes of today of what, what they're into, how they tick. You know, you can't just be an old-school coach and go by, you know, we're grinding it out this way and we're doing it my way and it's the only way. I think you have to adjust. And, and when you do that, every single person buys in. I don't, know that, I, I don't know that the players ever were panicked this year. I felt it more from the fan side of thing, that the fans were not getting, okay, is this team going to come around? I, I kind of felt it more from the fans. I always felt there was kind of, of a quiet confidence of this team. And you got to the point where you're starting to wait, okay, is, are they going to get pieces back? Okay, now that they've got these pieces back, are they going to continue this role? And, you know, you're going to have a game, off game. I think they won five straight before they lost to Pittsburgh 5-2. But what do they do? They bounce back. And they did what they had to do. They beat the Coyotes twice. They had back-to-back against the Coyotes. You can always drop a back-to-back game, but they found a way to win. Even last night, I'm thinking they're going to Anaheim. I think the spread was a goal and a half, uh, or you know, and, and then they blow them out. 
Make sure that you uh, catch Todd. Of course, Todd Romero, Todd Romero TV on Twitter. Catch him on Altitude, all sorts of uh, varieties. But especially, uh, as I need to point out, when uh, I'm on You Bet Tonight or when Nate yeah. Lundy, the regular host, is on You Bet Tonight, if there's ever any MMA bets, ignore whatever Nate and I say and go with what Todd said. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to back into time. that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm into that world right now, doing a little bit of play-by-play, and uh, I've been doing it for about the last 10 years. So, um mm-hmm. You know, know a lot of the guys locally, so I've kind of thrown myself into that venue, so I enjoy it quite a bit. Thanks, Todd. I really, I really appreciate it. I look forward to having you hey, to Sandy, on here sometimes. It's Sandy, great. Listen, Thanks, I Todd. Told, I told Sean the other day, you're one of my favorites, always have been. I don't know if I've ever been on the radio with you, but really? you know, I'm just glad you're not retired and you're a legend to me. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, that was... Uh, an omission on my part. If you were never on a show, I hosted or co-hosted. Uh, that that's on me. But uh, it's great talking to you. We're doing a lot of first-time things. Yeah, hey, man, yeah. I feel like I right? accomplished something today. <laughs> Thanks, Todd. Appreciate it, my friend. Right, boys, take it easy. Thanks, Todd. All right, take care, Todd Rivero uh, from Altitude Television, and uh, one of the other guys that, quite frankly, mm-hmm. when you look at being able to cover everything, he covers oh. everything. And like, like you pointed out, yeah. back with you and the Broncos, we're up on fifty eighth. Yeah, that yeah. was uh, that was a ways. That's a ways. So back. yeah, that's he, it. That's almost half a lifetime ago. You know, yeah. it, it, I, I I just thought of it that way. He's <laughs> been, uh, previously, but when you think back on it, uh, yeah, uh, that was almost half a lifetime ago for me. I can't believe you guys have never actually been done a radio. But you must have done them and forgot about them. Must have. No way. There's no way that was the first time. Remarkable. But uh, good to have, to have Todd on. I'm sure we'll be able to have a chance to talk with him again. Of course, like I said, follow him on Twitter at Todd Romero TV for all the latest. And yes, when he's on You Bet Tonight and they're doing MMA picks, just take Todd's. He, he knows what he's doing. I I tried it. Uh, I tried it on Saturday over there, uh, over my skis. Had to apologize to everyone on Sunday. Uh, Todd wasn't there that day to call me out. And then, you know, <sighs> I can't win them all. That's the way it goes. But uh, the Denver Broncos are focusing at the moment on some off-field stuff because there's only so much on-field they can do. Salary cap's kind of where it is, waiting for the draft. New stadium is coming. That's not a secret. When, where, some of that may be, but the outreach gives you some hints. Well, Well, we know where it won't be, right? We know where it won't be. Do we? It won't be out by the airport. That's been pretty well established. But otherwise, it's the worst-kept secret in town. Yeah. Well, we'll talk more about it, and we'll see what is the timeline. The Broncos looking to make some changes. Uniforms, helmets, logos, everything back up in the air under new ownership. We'll talk about it next on Mile High Sports. Sandy Clough and Sean Trotar, weekdays at 2 on Mile High Sports. Thanks for everyone joining the show. The call in number, by the way, 303 831 1340. Follow me on Twitter, S D R O T A R. The uh, traditional spelling of Drotar, as I like to put it, in case you aren't familiar with too many of those. But uh, thank you. A couple of great uh, uh, tweets at us today, Sandy. Actually, one of the uh, one of the listeners actually uh, to our stream that the, the, they the tweet out at Mile High Sports, of course, Mile High Sports account. 
uh, said, y'all landed legends. I don't know about that. Maybe one, maybe Sandy. Uh, how the other place, lady, either of these dudes go is beyond me. You have a new Very listener. Nice. Well, welcome nice. aboard. Uh, terrific. Uh, Vanzetti sends that, so thanks. Vanzetti, uh, thanks for joining us. Glad you found it. Uh, there's at least a legend in here. It's um, I think it's Danny Bailey. Might be. Might be Danny Bailey. I'm working on it. He's definitely the youngest of the In the booth. Three. So, uh, yeah, we definitely have the three of us for he'll sure. Be a, he'll, <laughs> he'll be around long after yeah. we're gone. As they say in the, uh, in the NFL draft parlance, lots of upside. Yeah. Lots of upside. High ceiling. The Denver Broncos have been sending out questionnaires to <laughs> season ticket holders yeah. about a new stadium. The owners, uh, you know, Greg Penner and Kerry, uh, Kerry Walton Penner have been traveling uh, across the globe when they were in London. They went and checked out the uh, you know Tottenham Stadium and uh, a bunch of other stadiums. Uh, a new stadium is coming, and this is how fabulously wealthy sports owners compete now. Ever since Jerry Jones built the stadium in Dallas, uh, it's a status symbol to be rich to own an NFL team, but owning an NFL team and then a fabulous stadium is the next step. Stan Kroenke upped the ante well, there with SoFi Stadium would in L.A. think... The, the model for these new owners oh, and is SoFi. It's SoFi. You know, Stan Kroenke and Walton is a yeah. brother-in-laws. Bro- brothers-in-law. So, I mean, you know, you have some uh, Thanksgiving dinners. You're going kind of, to kind of, kind of compare your places. But but don't you think more so than the Palace, uh, Jerry's playpen down in Arlington, that the model, not just for this ownership group, but for other new owners who, Washington, maybe mm-hmm. moving along, and yes. they want a new stadium. A little bit of heat, by the way, coming at from the annual meetings yeah. with uh, yeah. Bob Ursay, not not exactly the league's figure of stability himself, but did point out that Jimmy Ursay. Or pardon, yes, you're, you're yes. thinking of Tiger Bob. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, pardon me, the Jim, late Tiger Bob. Yes, Ursay. Jim Ursay uh, made it very clear. That he was hoping that basically Daniel Snyder would yes. step away and sell the team. He has with uh, a minimum of he fuss has said that before. and indicated yeah. that this time, if it wasn't with a minimum of fuss, perhaps the owners would have to discuss removing him. Yes. So well, so that yeah. is going to continue uh, as well. And that could happen Absolutely. quite frankly. But I, I'm just saying the model now is SoFi. And yeah. it isn't just the stadium in and of itself, it's the area around the stadium. And I think all of that is something that the folks here would like to duplicate. Um the Broncos I have had think their eye we on know where it won't be, and it won't be near. Uh, now, why won't it be near? It won't be near the airport. Why won't it be it's near just, the airport? It's not You have that giant Gaylord convenient. Hotel up there. There's Yeah, I know. It's not convenient for people who live here, but it's very convenient for travelers. A lot of people yeah, actually never get out of that it, DIA area. I, I, I think my guess would be that the leading areas not necessarily in this order, would be Dove Valley itself or a stadium built in very close proximity to where the stadium exists right now. That's See, that's the, the those trick. Those are A and B or B and A. The very best place to build the stadium is where the stadium is now. Correct. It's just that simple. Correct. You, the, that land is priceless i mean a large part of the city got built around prior to the stadium it is now mile high stadium when it was bears stadium when it opened i believe in 1948 i mean a lot of denver sprung up around it i mean it is it is the perfect location for the stadium i agree the problem is unlike last time 
where these stadiums have started to take up more and more square footage that you can't do what they did where they demolished the old McNichols Arena and they built this stadium on the McNichols Arena site to within elements where actually it was a sort of amazing construction where some of the angle of what is now in power field actually overlapped across the airspace of mile high stadium. Very, very tight job of fitting it before then they demolished mile high. A new stadium is going to be too big. You can't do that this time. You'd have to relocate to a temporary stadium. And that's another challenge for the Broncos because where are you talking? Air force Academy. That's not feasible. Uh, Folsom field canvas. Those are all too far away. So, that's where the trick's going to be. The best place to build the stadium is right where it is. I think everybody knows that. I assume the Broncos even know it. But how do you pull it off? Because you won't be able to play in your existing stadium and build the new one. But you're exactly right. The, the new model, Sandy, is not only the, the amazing stadium, but the sort of pop-up town yes. that develops around it. You don't want to just own the stadium. Village, town, you wanna, whatever you, you want to be able it. to be the uh, the real estate owner for all the bars and restaurants and, and stores and everything around there. Remember the you fabulous form of the Great Western Forum? Right. It's right across the street, mm-hmm. basically. Now, I, you, it, the area is unrecognizable mm-hmm. now as opposed to what it looked like when, when I was last in Englewood, which might have been about 35 Englewood, years Englewood, up to no good. Wow, back very different Englewood now. So, oh, yeah. yeah, that's the but that's the challenge. So, they have time. Demonte Lease, the Broncos president, talked about it being nine years left on their lease, uh, and and that they probably the truth is that they will probably finish that lease out or very close to it. You know, maybe they buy the city out to the end of it. But when you talk about the idea of building a SoFi type area, which is what the Denver Broncos fully intend to do, make no mistake, they have the money to do it. Uh, oh. You know, if you're the if you're if you're the I will say this that the the smart thing to do if they're the owners and hopefully they do is they follow Stan Kroenke's lead. Don't ask voters for money for your billion dollar palace. You have the money, you build it. You build it. That's the one thing that would rub me the wrong way. As long as the the Broncos ownership is paying for it, not asking the voters for a dollar, I don't care where it is. I don't. Care I agree, what and build. I understand. I don't the care argument. how long well, it takes. Well, I don't wrong. care. There's nothing wrong with the stadium there and now. It's little more than 20 years old, but if they want to spend their own money to build a new one, fine. Yeah, I don't care, but it needs to be their money. And I think that's where it's going because not only do they have the money to do so, well, they understand they get that, all that revenue. You know, you're look, the Rockies, Colorado Rockies, not a good baseball team. The ownership turns out pretty good at real estate investment. They don't take that money and put it into the right parts of the team on the field, but that's a different discussion. But the NFL does that times 10. Yes. So this is this is sort of the new future in which the Denver Broncos owners will be building a basically miniature town in which the Denver Broncos will be the revenue driver. Correct. But substantially diversify their revenue streams. And that's just where, when you have that much money, and you can start with that much of a head start, that you do. But I'm curious to see how fans are going to receive this, knowing that it almost essentially means that it can't be where the current stadium is, unless the Broncos are willing to do something very strange. And, you know, you're not putting it in the Stutler Bowl at Creek. Sorry, that's not going to work. And otherwise, you're talking a long way away. So they're really, it's just not a fit where you can maybe play a season 
somewhere else. So this is tricky, but it, it is going to take a long time. The planning for something this large, plus all the permits, plus the building. I mean, this is a, a this is a, a stadium of that scope. If you take the SoFi example, is probably six to seven years away. If you started today, oh, I agree. I agree with that, and that's why people talk about. Well, the lease at the old place, they can't get out of the lease. They won't have the to. The lease goes through what twenty thirty nine more seasons. It's going to take at least huh. six to seven, at bare minimum, to get this this done. Right, but. They are imagining the prospect. It is serious with them. Mm -hmm. It is going to happen. Oh, it's happening. And there will be, uh, Damani Leach also talked about uniform overhauls, uh, a a alternate helmet, perhaps logo overhauls. The wave of the future. This is. Not sure I like it, but that's the way sports is going now. Everybody has a you have new owners, like eight or and, nine yeah. different uniform designs. Yeah, and I—I I mean, as long as it doesn't get too too nuts, I don't really care. But it is—it is interesting how much when when you look at this new ownership group, this new ownership group, and it is not meant as a criticism. It's like you've said, Sandy. It's a wave of the future. When Pat Bowen took over the Denver Broncos, and I—I I can't say I was you know in this business at the time, but I grew up here and I remember it. The mindset was still, even though he took it over from Edgar Kaiser, and there was some complications involved with that that raised, you know, reared his head later. But Pat Bowen treated it like NFL treaters, owners generally did. Okay, I am, I'm going to make a lot of money in this, is why I bought it, but I am the caretaker of what is in many ways a civic property. That mindset is gone. This ownership group, the wealthiest in the NFL, bought the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos are theirs, not yours. They're theirs, and they're going to do whatever they want to do with it. And, that you know, okay, they're going to send out some questionnaires. That's that's great, and I'm sure it'll steer a little bit. I imagine they're paying attention to it. I don't think they're being disingenuous. I think they'd like to know what their fan base wants. But this is not an ownership group that's from here. There are connections here. As, as we know, there are connections here. that There are homes here, but they own a lot of homes. The, this new ownership group, is at the vanguard of the next wave where the Washington's going to sell for $7 billion. I mean, this is where it goes. The Broncos are going to look like a bargain. Well, Daniel Snyder helps uh, uh, further that notion that it will sell for $7 billion. Not to quibble unnecessarily, but the final price will probably... Be close to six, to six. seven. I but agree. But six, six billion, half again, more than the point six from a year prior. Half again. Uh, the the ownerships groups that are buying this are buying this. It, it becomes it's their sports car, and they're going to keep their sports car in their garage, and they're going to paint it the way they want to paint it. They're going to keep it the way they want to keep it. Um, it is just the reality. But the Broncos as a a Civic property to an extent, as a as a guy, and you were you were here for the majority of it. But growing up here, you kind of felt it. This this modern Denver grew up sort of alongside the Denver Broncos. Yes, the old dusty old Cowtown thing long disappeared, but it happened coinciding with the Denver Broncos putting uh, giving some national attention to Denver and helping it grow. That partnership is more or less over. This is going to be the Walton Penners 
Mm-hmm. And I don't mean it as a disrespectful thing. This is the Walton Penner's toy. They spent a lot of money on it. They're going to do what they want to do with it. And that change for fans is going to be fascinating to watch because it will happen slowly and then all at once. And we don't know what that new phase of the NFL of ownership is going to look like. Not for the Broncos, but for the next wave of NFL owners that are going to need to put together $6 billion or more to yes. buy teams. That's right. And it's going to be kind of fascinating. And we're in uncharted waters. And it says that, oh, well, this is how you run a team. This is how the, no, there's no, there's no, that book goes out the window. This is going to be how NFL teams are run going forward. We don't know what that's going to look like. But it's pretty safe to say that Denver Broncos you've seen, especially since Pat Bowen was no longer able to do any day-to-day stuff with the team, which has been quite some time. You'll never a see decade. it again. This no, has been a decade no, of transition no, 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 with some no. success, but it, those days are gone forever. This is different. Relatively the speaking. are a property to be sold like a, uh, a movie that you see in the ad for, like a brand new car. It's different. Relatively Just speaking. Just the way it is. Uh, the Phipps were not among the richest owners in the NFL when the AFL and NFL merged and the Phipps were the owners. Edgar Kaiser was closer <laughs> in wealth uh, to the top rung, but Pat Bowen was not among the wealthiest of owners. Now you have the wealthiest group for now. I mean, there may be a group that supersedes this one <laughs> in terms of yeah, uh, probably will actual wealth. But the Broncos are playing a different game. And the stadium game is a game unto itself. Yes. That actually has little little to do with the team in many ways, except for the fact that you need a certain amount of space. You, need, you need a certain amount of land. Yes. It's just kind of how That's it right. goes. So it, it, it'll be very interesting to see how this all goes. But new ownership group also made it very clear <laughs> some of it by exclusion, some of it with some aside comments, that they were eager to be done with the Nathaniel Hackett administration, for lack of a better term. and Such as it was. Yeah. Uh, they, they definitely wanted to find uh, an, an opportunity to, to start winning. And if you want to do that too, by the way, you don't need to find a pot of gold to strike it rich this March. Instead, you can win money on your tournament wagers. That's right. More still coming with Superbook Sports. Superbook features the best team of odds makers in the business, so they're the safe bet when it comes to sports gambling, and you have a direct line to their experienced staff behind the counter in Las Vegas. They also have one of the most extensive betting menus around, so no matter what you want to wager on come tournament time, Superbook is sure to have it. Download the Superbook app and start winning today. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. A gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. Some comments that uh, you mentioned even, Sandy, thought might be telling about the Denver Broncos where they were, and maybe that means where they wish to go. We'll talk about it next on Mile High Sports. Now more with Sandy Clough and Sean Drotar. Presented by Burnham Wall. Hire the winner at BurnhamWall.com. 
This is Sandy and Sean on Mile High Sports. Congratulations to new Broncos coach Sean Payton. According to Never Post, bought himself a uh, little shack. Little four point five million dollar shack in Bill Carl. So congratulations! They're eleven foot ceilings. Apparently, sounds nice. Uh, congrats! That's what uh, being one of the highest paid coaches in the NFL gets you. The recent comments from Greg Penner, and of course, the NFL is going through its annual meetings now. You you alluded to it yesterday. The Nathaniel Hackett disaster and the fallout. Nathaniel Hackett, of course, was hired by George Payton, uh, who's still here. And the Bolin Trust. Remember with, with uh, what Jerry Glanville said uh, NFL stood for. Yeah, which is... Uh, in relation to George Payne. Just keep yeah, that in mind. The 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 ownership group, the Bolin Trust, is gone. They they also signed off on the hiring of Hackett. They're gone. The only person to kind of answer for that mistake is George Payton. He is still here, but has been <laughs> greatly reduced in power. And some of the, some of the comments... He's the office secretary. You brought it up. Well, Sean Payton said his job is to answer the phone and tell people, no, they're not trading Jerry Judy or Corey Sutton. Correct. That was his term. Yeah. So, hmm. But some of the comments from Greg Penner, I think we're telling. We just kind of talked about the the stadium situation and how that's going to to develop over, quite frankly, the next five to ten years. Oh, sure. And, but... Broncos fans aren't going to wait five to ten years for a competitive team. Uh, no. When, when you hear some of those comments and, and you go through them, you know, what were your thoughts? Now, you're talking about Penner, Penner. Or, or Peyton? In Penner's case. And, uh, well, either or. I mean, they both talked because they're, they're kind of on, you know. Well, I, they, I think they're on the same page. They're on the same page, page that. that, that and uh, they look to, they're looking to, you know, wipe listen, it all away. Listen, um, I, I, I thought Peyton's comments um, were certainly not those of a man who is bashful regarding his own talents and his own capacity to turn this around. Nice way of putting um, it. And what he said uh, in answer to a question about Russell Wilson went far beyond commenting on Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. And what Peyton said was, it's hard to find guys with all those traits, those traits being winning at a high level, moving well, uh, working hard. Um, I'd say two of those three things didn't appear terribly relevant a year ago. The, the working hard, that's the, that's in the eyes of the beholder, I suppose. He continues, now I watched with every one of you the season that took place a year ago. There's probably a little bit of dirt on a lot of people's hands, Yee. maybe including the people who hired him. Oh, boy. Right? Yep. But I think we know who he's talking about specifically. Oh, boy. And the the two people he's talking about, uh, well, of those two, one is still here. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? So uh, a little bit of dirt on a lot of people's hands. When you win five games, it is what it is. I don't think I need to elaborate. 
And whenever someone says, I don't think I need to elaborate, they're about to elaborate. Yep, exactly. So it wasn't good. It wasn't good on offense, that's for sure. It was hard film to watch. I mean, no lies detected there. Now, <laughs> not wrong about we that. talked about what he said about Dulcich yesterday. We haven't gone through every player relative to the evaluation process, but some of it was hard, the evaluation. Some of it was hard. Intimating, according to Parker Gabriel, reporting for the Denver Post from Phoenix, that it was difficult to ascertain in detail what the young player's potential is because he was so poorly coached managed, whatever. And this is your third leading pass catcher from last year. Now, he goes on. The defense, in a lot of ways, played well, considering the time of possession, considering the field position, considering it's hard to play good defense if you're not playing good complementary football. It sounds like I'm being critical of the (laughs) special teams and the offense. And I am. I would call that, after saying he didn't want to elaborate, a, a rather substantial elaboration on his part. I mean, let's be fair, right? He he's, he's been let's he has been hired to find a way to turn this around, right? I mean, that's the point. He he's there to try to make sure that this gets turned around and turned around quickly. The first thing you have to do is identify what the issues are. So I I get that, and I'm not upset or frustrated with it. I, th- I think it's okay, but it is intriguing to, to get his, his input on this because, boy, I mean, everything you get out of Dove Valley, and I, you know, it's, 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 that's fine. It's not a secret. This team was bad, is, man, you all don't even know how bad this was. This was a circus. I mean, it was it was to the point where you have new ownership. You have the, the current coach looking at it and going, this was abysmal. Everything about it was terrible. It was mismanaged from the get-go. Uh, I'm a little surprised that George Payton retained his job. I think the only reason that he did is because it, they decided it wasn't worth trying to hire a head coach and a GM in the same year exactly. at this point in time with the new ownership all at once. Uh, they just didn't want to do all of and, that. And again, we don't do this show to uh, generate hot takes. Hot takes. No, not really our style. And so I, I, I'm reluctant to talk about a person's job in any kind of casual way but I think it's fair to assume much as Brian Sanders was around for as long as it took to familiarize John Elway Mm -hmm. with the operation and not a day longer the same is true with George Payton and I will leave it at at that the situations appear to be similar yes for sure yes I think that's that's a pretty fair way to put it and it, it does, does that, I guess I would ask you, Sandy, then, does that really mean anything? Does it matter? Because we've seen a similar alignment with, uh, you know, when Mike Shanahan was running the Broncos. Uh, yeah, you, 
you know, uh, anybody out there, if you're if you're a good Bronco fan, here's your trivia question for the day. When the Broncos were winning a Super Bowl and Pat Bowen's open holding up a trophy saying this one's for John, he met Elway. If you even know the name of the GM on that team, good for you. His name was also John, John Beak. As you can imagine, his role was secondary at best to Mike Shanahan when it came to actual player acquisition and, well, and that it, sort of situation. Yeah, it, 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 John Beak was Pat Bowen's bad cop. And that's but not a personal had the evaluation. Role, had the role but of that general was his manager. Role. He was Pat Bowen's bad cop. Yes. So does it matter that George Payton's sort of still around and not doing so much? Does it even make any difference because you you know who's calling the shots? Well, in, yes. In Sean yeah, that, Payton? That is true. Does and, it even and, make a difference? And fans, I, I don't think, are harboring any illusions about this. And, uh, you know, in the space of one year's time, a lot has happened to change the perception around here, um, whether it's fair or not that George Payton has a long-term future here as the lead executive of the Broncos. At this time a year ago, it was, even with the hiring of Nathaniel Hackett, it was the George Payton show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Now it yeah, is Hackett, the Sean yeah. Payton show. It has been flipped. Sure. And George Payton may, in fact have less authority, autonomy, than Nathaniel Hackett had a year ago at this time. Because whether you like him or not, and I must confess at this point, my feelings are mixed, Sean Payton's a force of nature. Yep. Hard to argue. And it is Sean Payton's show. When it comes to personnel, when it comes to free agency trades, the draft, the selection of players on the roster, mm-hmm. it's all about Sean Payton, and George Payton is at best a facilitator. And I guess for the for Broncos fans, you know, they're they're less concerned about what is that, you know, the personal relationships. They don't care. They want to know if the team's going to be better. There isn't any, it's just a curiosity at this point, because there isn't any reason to believe that this truly sort of impacts the Broncos' ability to get better on the field. It's just that the machinations behind the scene are not over. And we not keep by a an long eye shot. on uh, going into this summer, and certainly as the season goes along and definitely into 2024, which is, I think, when the Denver Broncos can realistically hope to be legitimate contenders at the earliest opportunity. Thanks so much for joining us. If you missed any part of the show, you can always catch it at milehighsports.com or on the free Mile High Sports app on demand. Anytime you'd like, thanks to Todd Romero for joining us. Thanks to our ace producers, Danny Bailey in the booth making all the audio work. Andrew Demmer over there making the video work. You can see that on milehighsports.com and on the app as well. Thanks to you most of all for listening. We're going to hand things off to Afternoon Drive with Neil Pirro and Cody Rourke will have their own takes on the Broncos situation to be sure so keep it here. They'll be back next on Mile High Sports.
Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.